ברוך השם, you're a bad Jew. שלום. היי, וולקאם באק לנדר אפסוד אוף באד ג'ו, דה פלייס, וואט דר איז נו סאץ' תינג אז א באד ג'ו. With me today, representing Chabad of Culver City, is Rabbi Levi Begun. And for those who are familiar, Rabbi Levi was actually on the podcast before. He came on and talked about Sukkot. And he's our resident happy holiday speaker. And I just am excited to have you back. So Rabbi Begun, welcome. Glad to be back. How are you? Thank God. Baruch Hashem, as we always answer, thank God. And uh, okay. doing well, getting ready for the holiday of Tubisfa. Love it. Love it. Yes, Tubishvat is a wonderful holiday. Normally at this point, we would say the four-minute bad Jew challenge, but actually you've been on the podcast before. There's no need for you to tell your life story. So we're just going to get right into it. How does that sound for you? Sounds great. I'm ready. Excellent. So as the name of the episode is called, what is Tubishvat? So Tubishvat, actually, if you speak Hebrew, you probably never even heard of the word Tubishvat. Sorry, Shvat is a Hebrew month, but two. What does two mean? Two is a combination of two letters, Tet and Vav. Tet is nine, and Vav is numerical value of six. And we, you know, nine plus six obviously equals 15. And this actually, why don't we do Yud and a Hey? Ten and five, why are we doing nine and six? Because Yud and Hey is God's name. And we don't want to spell God's name. Hmm. So we, we use Tet. Nine plus six equals 15. And that is the 15th of the month of Shabbat. So Tu Bishvat actually means the 15th, nine plus six of the month of Shabbat. That's a really, you know, all my life, I've, you know, seen little glimpses of Tu Bishvat and like have had the chance to celebrate it. Did not know that's what it stood for. And that makes a lot of sense. That's a nice little clever, I don't want to say Easter egg because that's the wrong religion, but you know what I'm saying? Like that's just right, a nice hidden message. I get that. And it's the, it, from what I remember, it's like the celebration of trees, right? Like why do we care so much about trees in particular? So good question. Different trees have different cycles that they go through. An important part of their cycle is the sleep part. You know, just like human beings, we, we can't go too long without rest. Our bodies need to rest. We need to regain energy to continue on to the next day. So too, trees need to rest. And on Tubishvat, that's the time where in Israel, the trees begin to wake up from their rest. Throughout the winter, they were sleeping. They didn't have it. They weren't giving off any fruits. But comes Tubishvat, and in Israel, that's the time where they start to wake up and grow fruit once again. So is Tubishvat almost like a Havdalah for trees then, if you will? It's Havdalah literally means separation and we're separating holy from weekday. Right. So this is a change. Yeah, we're changing from one cycle to the next. But I, you could say, yeah, it's just you can you can use the word Havdalah, but it's Havdalah we use strictly for separating between two extreme differences. Sure. And, you know, I'm remembering... There's this funny chart out there, this funny chart that if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to watch the, see the chart right now. It's, it's a breakdown of the different holidays and some of the common themes. And it kind of, it's kind of a checklist of, okay, were we, were we hunted down in this holiday? Check. And most of them are checked off. Should we survive? You know, like, is, is it a victory? Do we drink? Do we eat? 
do we celebrate the trees? You know, it's kind of like a checklist for which ones. Is Tu B'Shvat the only one that we that we celebrate trees for? It's interesting you say that. that there are people that say, you know, every Jewish holiday, what is it all about? They try to kill us. We won them in battle and let's eat. That's right. But Tu B'Shvat, yeah, is actually, there is no battle. There is no, what Tu B'Shvat actually is, is the Rosh Hashanah. It's the Rosh Hashanah for trees. So just like we have our Rosh Hashanah, which is in the beginning of the Jewish year, which is the first of Chodesh Tishrei, the month of Tishrei, so too the trees have their own Rosh Hashanah. And what happens at Rosh Hashanah, just like God decides what type of year we will each have, you know, so too the trees have judgment. They are judged on that day. And God decides how much fruit each tree will produce and how sweet will the fruit be and how strong will it be? How will it survive the stormy weather and so on? And this is all happening and taking place on the day of Tu B'Shvat. So Tu B'Shvat is the Rosh Hashanah. That is what we are celebrating. Very interesting. I've never heard of it called that, but I also would never think that trees get to celebrate the same holiday that we do in a certain way. And they're getting inscribed in their own book of life. That's very intriguing to me. And I guess it makes sense. So there's a celebration of how the trees kind of live a reflected lifestyle to Jews, right? Right. And because of that, they, they, they almost are, are considered one of us. Is that, is that what I understand? That is true. Yeah. Just before we get there, you may ask, why are we selling the holiday of, of trees, you know, for them, you know, about to, we're talking about about to begin giving off fruit and growing fruit and so on. When you take a look at New York, for example, and it's freezing cold, they have snow now. So they're still sleeping. Why are we celebrating now? Let's wait a little bit more. Let's wait a little longer till the, 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 you know, the weather begins to, to warm up. So why are we celebrating Tupishvat, the Rosh Hashanah for trees, when in places like New York, for example, and even here in California in Culver City, it's, it's raining. So. Uh, why are we celebrating now? And it, the answer is that, you know, during the winter, what happens is you take a look at nature and you can be fascinated. You could start to love God by just simply contemplating on nature alone. You don't even have to go past nature. So what happens during, uh, the, during the winter? The trees, lo they lose their leaves and God made that happen because in, in that way, they are protected from the harsh weather of the winter, the freezing conditions. If their leaves were still on that tree during the winter, it could have been very harmful for the tree. So it could cause it to, to collapse and serious damage and so on. Now, on Tubishvat in Israel, that is when the weather starts becoming a little bit warmer and the days become a little bit longer. And there are, at that point, there's those trees are don't have that danger that they had throughout the winter and that's when the buds begin to grow what are buds they are the tightly wrapped the leaves and flowers tightly wrapped in a tough packaging and from that it begins to grow so as soon as the weather conditions allow and and these buds start to to, to form and if we had to wait until spring for these buds to come in. We wouldn't be able to have 
and be able to enjoy our fruit right away. Because it takes quite a, a bit of time from when the buds are, are formed until the flowers and fruits begin to grow. So God made it that at the end of the winter, before it's a, a spring, to save time to, to that the, you know, allow the buds to come in early so that when the weather allows, boom, they'll be able to blossom and uh, give off beautiful flowers and fruits. So uh, why? So this is all taking place around this time in Israel, but we are not in Israel now. We're right. living in California, and like we said, New York is freezing, and there are many places in the in the world that are freezing. So why are we celebrating even just Israel? We're not living there, and the answer is because we cannot forget. Israel is a land that God promised to Abraham, our forefather, the father of the Jewish people. And that's why this is something that's important to all Jews, wherever we may be, even if we're not actually living in Israel. But because Israel is our homeland, that is what we follow. So because in Israel it's beginning to become warm at this point, and the buds begin to start shaping, that's why... It, we 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 start we celebrate Tubisvat on this day. The timing of that does make sense based off of what you've explained. So thank you for that. I really do appreciate that. I have I have a few questions based off of this here. So sure. the first thing the first thing when you were describing talking about immersing yourself in nature, the first thing that came up is Rabbi Nachman's teachings around heat but a dude, you know, a meditation <laughs> in nature where you're not speaking, you're just listening. Is this the time of year to be practicing that more often? Is that emphasized this time of year? How exactly do you really embrace Tubishvat in its nature and its completion? That's a very good question. So, yes, it's a good time to contemplate. It's always a good time to contemplate, to relax, to, you know, take yourself a little bit back, get away from the craziness out there and, and to zoom into your own self. So it says in the Torah, it says that Kia Adam eats a Torah. That a person is compared to a tree. How in the world is a person compared to a tree? We are very different. So there are really three answers given for this. Are you ready? Two Jews, three answers. Let's go. Let's yes. do it. The first answer is because God watches over us like a, a farmer tends to his garden. Every person is a beautiful plant in God's garden. We just came from the day, the 10th of Shabbat, where the Rebbe accepted leadership. It happened this past Shabbat, 1951. And the first words that came out of the Rebbe when he took on leadership was the Hasidic discourse of Bati Lagani, which means God saying, I have come to my garden. The world isn't just a field that gives off greed, but it's a garden that gives off tasty, delicious, sweet fruit. You tell someone on the street nowadays that the world is a garden, they're going to think you're crazy. Look how much evil, look how much hatred, look how dark it is. You're going to tell me the world is a, a garden? But this is how the Rebbe looked at the world as, as, as a garden. And if you're seeing bitterness, you're probably hitting the shell. Remove the peel and get to the fruit, which is hiding underneath that peel. And that is what the world is about. And Tubishva, why we compare it to a tree? Because we are those trees in God's garden. And what are the fruits? The fruits are our mitzvot, the good deeds that we do. 
I was going to say that that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, no garden is perfect that, you know, people put all, you know, people will oftentimes intentionally put praying mantises inside their garden in hopes that the praying mantis will go and defend their garden from other, you know, invasive species that can harm the plants that they have. Um, there are other precautions as well. So that makes a lot of sense in the sense that you're, you shouldn't expect your garden, so to speak, to be perfect and to constantly be uh, flourishing or to have that growth mindset that's, that is so deeply ingrained in, in Judaism. That really doesn't make a lot of sense to be compared to a tree within a garden for our fruits to be a mitzvah, but then for there also to be imperfect, rather even comparable to evil sources out there that could harm the plants. Right. What you bring out. And, you know, just like a gardener, the farmer, whoever's dealing with the, with the field, with the garden, just as he watches over the trees and making sure they're growing strong and, and tall and, you know, they're doing what they have to do as trees. So, too, God looks over us and he sees, he checks to see if we're strong, strong trees. Are we making the right choices? Are we li listening to the evil inclination inside of us? Are we listening to, to the nature toe? And God is watching over us to see how his trees are growing. And are they producing fruit? Are they doing, doing mitzvot, good deeds? And of course, God wants a beautiful garden. And we are the ones to make God's garden beautiful. Beautiful. I love, I love, I love, I love that concept. But I have another question then. Sure. If the trees are so important to, and, and so comparable to us as Jews, mm -hmm. how come we don't celebrate the human, the Jewish Rosh Hashanah, the human Jewish Rosh Hashanah, when the Jews, when, when the trees are celebrating the tree Rosh Hashanah, so to speak, right? Like, how come our Rosh Hashanah is not in line with the trees Rosh Hashanah? That's a good question. So it has to do with the time of year, how the trees are affected. Like we spoke before, that this is a time of year when the trees start to form buds and eventually start to give off fruit and so on. So that's why the, the, it is timed at this time of year because in Israel, this is what's happening. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So that was and... all the first, the first reason why we are compared to trees. You ready for the second one? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. A tree is always growing, right? It starts off like a little tiny thing and then it continues to grow. One characteristic of a tree is that it's always growing. And so too a Jew has to be growing constantly. We can never be satisfied by how we were yesterday. And regardless of how good today was, tomorrow has to be better. The Rebbe would tell this to many people. And even people that do a tremendous mitzvahs and they would tap their, themselves on the shoulder like I'm on top of the world. I feel so good. Look at the, the incredible donation I gave uh, to, to charity. Look at the great mitzvah I did helping another person and so on. The Rebbe would always say, and what are you doing tomorrow? What, you're a human being. We are compared to trees just as trees are constantly growing. We have to make sure that we don't sit and we constantly grow. The worst thing for a human being, being is to sit and rot, God forbid. And you know, it's not good for our muscles. It's not good for our body. not good for our brain, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why, God forbid, if someone is, is, hasn't been using their legs for a long time, you know, they have to go for therapy and so on. We have to always make sure we are growing and uh, never stopping. That's the second reason how we are compared to trees. It reminds me of, I had a neighbor in the old place I used to live in, in Culver City, when I lived closer to you, as a matter of fact. 
And the neighbor, he was like a man in his 60s, right? Snow white hair. But he was actually a pretty strong dude. And one day I asked him, what's his secret? He said to me, never use the elevator. Always use the stairs. And he always, he says, the moment you use the elevator, you stop for the rest of your life. And he was, he was very anti-elevator. I never met a man with that strong political stance before. It was crazy. That, but, that is a good sign when someone has, you know, such a strong stance like that. And that's what keeps you young. That's what keeps you healthy. We've got to make sure we're always challenging ourselves and uh, growing in life. So Tubishvat, is it correct then to say that there is a, it's it really about highlighting the growth mindset that comes with Judaism and to reflect based on how trees cycle through the year that we have to have a similar growth mindset? Yeah, I mean, so we, we brought quite a few lessons that we can learn from a tree. The last lesson we just brought was about growing. And it's a good time to contemplate and think to yourself, what am I doing to better myself each day? And we're not talking about like taking on a resolution that you'll have to keep for a year or for forever. Because sometimes too much could be not good. We're talking about even one mitzvah, one thing you're taking on today that you did not do yesterday. And yeah, so with this lesson, we, we are taught that we need to continue growing and never be satisfied. The third and final reason how we are compared to trees is because we have to not just be satisfied with our own self and growing our own fruit, which are mitzvah, good deeds, but we have to make sure to influence others. So what is the goal of a tree? Why does a, a farmer plant a tree? To produce fruit, to enjoy, right? right? And we have the same goal as a tree. We need to produce fruit. And what's amazing about trees and plants is that when they produce fruits and vegetables, they have, you know, let's say, for example, a tomato. A tomato has plenty of seeds inside. And, you know, when you cut that tomato open and you take the seeds and you plant them, what happens at that moment is from that single tomato, look how many more tomatoes are going to grow because of it. It's a continuous cycle. You're not allowing the tomato to stop there but you're allowing the cycle to continue. And from one small fruit, you can get so many more. And the same exact thing is, you know, is with our mitzvot, our good deeds. When we do a mitzvot, we shouldn't just be thinking about ourselves. We should think about how we can affect other people. How can we plant more seeds? That's what we should be asking ourselves. And that's by sharing our mitzvah with others, teaching others how to do a mitzvah. For example, had Hanukkah not too long ago. And, you know, in Hanukkah, we light our menorah at the window or, you know, next to the outside. You put your menorah at the window, but you, never, you may never know who that may have affected. Someone could be passing by, he spotted your menorah and decided to go home and light his own menorah. And there's actually a true story about that, a fellow that was at a bar and with his family, and he decided it's Hanukkah, he's going to bring a portable menorah with him and light it, a little menorah with him in a, in a safe way at the bar. And there was someone in the corner of the room that didn't even know it's Hanukkah. And of course, wouldn't have never known to light his menorah at home, but he spotted that menorah from across the bar. He didn't say anything, but when he went home, 
he lit his, his own menorah. Wow. And this teaches you how we need to be like trees by influencing others, allowing there to be a continuous cycle and not allow the mitzvah to just stop by you. Don't be selfish. Don't hold it to yourself. It doesn't take away from a, from a flame when you use that candle to light another. It just adds light. There's no harm. Absolutely no harm. The same is when we influence others, it doesn't take anything away from us. And we have to understand someone else's gain is our gain. We are, we are all in it together. We are all in it to beautify God's wonderful garden. And that's something we have to ask ourselves with this third lesson. We have to ask ourselves, how, what am I doing to influence another person? What am I doing to replant these seeds to allow there for the, to allow for the, to be a continuous cycle of fruit, which is mitzvah, good deeds. Beautiful, beautiful message. And I want to thank you for that. I think that that really resonates. It's a very powerful message that can, that should really resonate with people. It reminds me of a few things. The first thing is that there's an expression that costs nothing to smile. That's right. right. And how, and how your energy can really uh, transpire onto others in the best way possible. The second thing it reminds me of though was back, you know, very shortly after October 7th, I was sitting at a coffee shop in West Hollywood with a friend named Mai. Mai, I was, I was workshopping her episode with her over coffee because she was going to do an episode specifically about the hostages, okay. right? And while, while spending time with Mai at this coffee shop, this man pulls up in his convertible with a black backpack. He stops. He stops right outside the coffee shop and he runs right at us. And I'm thinking to myself, am I about to get attacked? What's this guy doing? Right? He runs right out. He unzips his backpack. I start to kind of turn around thinking, what is this guy about to do? He reaches into his backpack and of all the things that he could have pulled out, he pulled out a rose. He pulled out a rose and he handed it to me. He says, you're Jewish? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm Jewish. And he goes, I just want to spread positivity. I'm with one of the Fabads out in West Hollywood and I want to give this to you. And he handed me a rose. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. It was a scary moment. I didn't know what he was going to do. But he gave that to us and it both made, made us very happy. And we, we came, I had it. changed the tone of our, of our serious wow. conversation that we had. It was amazing. I had a similar episode where I was at the farmer's market here in Culver City. And you know it was a very sad time for the Jewish people, obviously. And someone just went over to one of the booths, one of the vendors at the market selling beautiful roses, flowers. And without asking any questions, that fellow went over to the vendor bought a beautiful bouquet of roses for me and just handed it to me. And, it, and it, it, this is the same idea, the same point of like, it's, you know, we're, 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 in, we're all in it together. We're all in it together. We have each other's backs. It's a beautiful, beautiful idea. I have another question, which is that, you know, with this metaphor of trees and growing, I can't help but think about the ecosystem that trees contribute uh, to our world. And we also see other animals that live with inside the trees as well. Is this celebration of Tubishvat, does it also commemorate the animals like the squirrels and the birds, different rodents that might possibly be living in these trees as well? And what part do they play in the symbolism of Tubishvat? That's a good question. Animals don't necessarily play a role in this holiday. This is specifically geared for trees, which 
why people may ask, why do we may have a whole Jewish holiday for trees? Do we have a Jewish holiday for animals? Our, our, our animals are also important to us. Do we have a holiday for planets, for Mars, for, I don't know. So why, what is it about trees? Why, why are trees so special and that we make a whole holiday out of them? And the answer is, like we just said before, ki adam etzasadeh, person is compared to a tree. So we're very similar to trees in the three ways that we just explained. And that's why specifically for trees, we make a holiday. Not to put down anything else in the world, but because we are compared to a tree, we're very similar to trees. There, there's so much to learn from a tree. And, and I do want to add one more thing. You, people may ask how we celebrate this holiday. You know, we all know on Sukkot, we say the Lulav on Rosh Hashanah for, for us. We, we blow the shofar, right? Passover, we eat matzah. Hanukkah, we light the menorah. Horem, we read the Megillah. What do we do on Tubisvat? So do we plant trees on Tubisvat? Do we go fly to Israel? Yeah, on Tubisvat, do we recite a special prayer, you know, for the trees? What do we do? And the answer is that on this day, we celebrate by eating fruits. And especially the fruits that are special and dear to the land of Israel, the ones that, that the, the, Israel, the Holy Land of Israel was praised with which are olives, dates, grapes, figs, pomegranates. And we also try to get a fruit which we did not eat in a year. So we can recite a Shechayanu. Shechayanu is a special prayer where we're blessing God, thanking him for bringing us to this moment once again. And we recite it on something which we haven't done in a year. So therefore, besides for all the different fruits we get, we try to also get a fruit which we haven't had in a year so we can recite the special blessing of Shechayanu. Beautiful. I, I do want to add a wonderful song. We're talking so much about trees and leaves. There's a beautiful song called Ale Katan Shali, My Little, My Little Leaf, sung by Abraham Fried. And it's in Hebrew. And it talks about the conversation between a tree, its branches, and, it, and the leaves. How during the winter, you know, the weather is so horrible and, and, and stormy. And the tree's holding on for its dear life and it's getting tough. And it, it, the leaf is saying, no more, I can't do this anymore. The, the winds are too powerful for me. And that's when the tree, the little, the branch turns to the leaf and says, my little leaf, don't give up. The weather outside might be stormy and crazy, but the good days are to come very soon. And it's a beautiful lesson for all of us that when life is challenging and, and, and there are big storms out there, and you feel like you're not making it and you feel like it's too much. How do we get out of it? Know that the good days are coming, that we'll yeah. be over this, that, this not easy winter very soon. And, and we'll have, we'll be able to enjoy the fruit and enjoy the delicious, sweet fruit, which in our lives are, are mitzvahs. Well, I think that's a really important lesson, very relevant right now. We're in a very difficult winter as we speak, but there are brighter days ahead days in which we'll be able to harvest the very fruits of our mitzvahs. And I think that's really well said. Rabbi Begun, I want to thank you for being on the show. I have one more very important question to ask you. Go for it. All right. What's your favorite fruit? Oh, passion fruit. Okay. I think it also may depend on the day, but I like passion fruit. I like grapefruits, guava. I love it. I love it. Those are all great fruits. Well, mine, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very basic. I really do like apples and bananas. Okay. Um, strawberries, tutim. I do love my tutim. What's your favorite animal? Well, I like the 
fact that a lion is a king of animals, and mm -hmm. there's a lot to learn from that, how in our serving God, we should be, you know, mighty like a lion, as it's stated in the Sulchan Aruch. And these are, of course, animals I like to watch from afar and not necessarily deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure, sure. That's a really good, that's a really great description. Mine personally is a squirrel. I think squirrels are just really cool. I love squirrels so much that I even call the man bun that I have. I don't even call it a man bun. I just call it a squirrel tail. That's, how, oh. that's the kind of nerd I am. But anyway, nice. if, for the listeners out there, if there's anything you've gained from this podcast, it's that passion fruit is Rabbi Levi Bagan's favorite fruit. So just please leave it at that. That's it's all about the passion. You got to make sure you have a passion with whatever you're doing. Amen. Growth mindset. That's what this holiday is about. I love it. Rabbi Begun, thank you for being on this podcast. And thank you for tolerating my basic questions and di di diving deep in with me with the, with, the, with the better questions that I had. And I want to thank you for being on this podcast and teaching all of us about this amazing, wonderful holiday around growth, around love, around passing out and its vote, about the cycle of life. Thank you. And to listeners, we'll see you next week on another exciting episode of Bad Jew. Thank you very much for having me, Chez, and looking forward to being on again. Be well. Shalom. Thank you.